Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we are here supposedly springtime. Yes, <laughs> supposed to be springtime in Chicago. So tonight we want to talk about, you know, just face it, the relationship is over. Um, let me give you a couple of ba- background reasons why. First of all, let me give you a little bit of info about who I am. I am a therapist that runs a thriving private practice um, right outside of Chicago, Illinois, in Naperville, Illinois. I do individual group uh, therapy, family therapy. I do crisis interventions. We do image management as well as organizational psychology. Yep. Here in New Orleans Associates, I focus on career counseling, mock interviews, um, career life coaching, things of that nature. All right. So while the weather is transitioning, trying to decide if it wants to be winter or spring, um, right around this time in spring, people come to me and they say, you know, they want to be in love, they want to be happy, they want the job they want, they want everything to be great, and they say, so what am I supposed to do, Dr. Noel, to make that happen? So I start talking about, let's take an assessment of the relationships you're in, the friendships, the jobs, the connections that you have to people, the intimate relationships that you have, and let's take a look at where you are and if you want to be there. And a lot of the times I talk to people who tell me I've been married 15 years but only happy one. Um, I'm with a best friend, but she always, you know, dodges me or disses me to be with someone else. I'm at a job where no one really respects me and I can never do the things that I want to do. And then I say, well, how long have you been at this job? Ten years. What? How long have you been friends with this person? 20 years. What? How long have you been in this marriage? 30 years. What? And I say, what can you do then? Either the relationships have to change where you go in together and you do some work together on what that's going to look like, whether that's your marriage, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your job, whatever it is. If you're unhappy, the first thing you have to start doing is acknowledging that you're unhappy. The second thing you have to do is assess what unhappiness is. And the third thing you have to do is decide how long you want to stay in a situation if it's unhappy and you don't see the change and you're not willing to make the change happen. And, you know, I speak definitely on the, on the corporate side in the, in the job employment. There's definitely a time where, you know what, you need to evaluate your situation there. And, you know what, I may need to part companies with part ways with this company that I'm working for. If the idea of uh, your career path that they have in mind is different than the career path that you have in your mind, how they view you as an employee is dramatically different than the way you view yourself as an employee. Um, you know, whatever reason, some bad history, some bad track records that got in your file, right or wrong, but that's in your file, so you know, you're kind of blackballed. You know, sometimes it may be, you know what, the best thing for me to do is just move on. Start afresh, draw a line of sand, and move on to a different company. Mm-hmm. Take these skills and assets that I have, and you know what, take a next step in my career and move on. It doesn't have to be hard feelings or anything like that, but you know what, it just, guess what, just face it, it's time to move on, it's over. Absolutely. Now, we, we're not so much going to talk about jobs today, but I'll briefly touch a little bit on jobs. It's springtime. If you're not happy where you are, get to looking, number one. Um, the, uh, another way that you know you need to leave is if you can't go into work and be positive at all, even right. a little bit, time for you to start going. No need to poison everybody else. Right. Um, if you've got anxiety, like if you, like I have people that tell me, Dr. Swell, I sit in my car and I cry every day before I go into work. It's time to go. Time to go. If you're frustrated driving to work, frustrated coming back from work, you get stomach pain, you know, you think about your job, you bend over, you grab your stomach, it's time to go. You're frustrated at work? Frustrated at work, coming, going, 
Thinking so, about it. Somebody showed me a note today where they write down all what keeps them going through their workday is they write down how many minutes they have to lunch. Wow. How many minutes they have to break. How many minutes they have till they go home. How many minutes they have till they punch out. How many minutes they have till they can go to the bathroom. They literally were writing down 116 minutes, um, 48 minutes, 20 minutes, and then crossing out all the minutes so they can get up and go and do what they want to do. It's time to go. It's time to go. And you're not being disloyal by moving on in a career or anything like that. You know, it's just it's time to go. Nothing wrong with that. I've coached people who were reported to me. You know what? You need to find another job, okay? It's not working out. The way you see yourself is not the way we at the company do you as an employee, okay? And it's not going to change, okay? So if you're not willing to change and our view of you is not, not changing, you need to move on. Mm-hmm. You need to move on. You're a good person, good employee, or somewhere, just not here. You're not fitting in the model we have here. It's time to move on. Absolutely. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to have hard feelings. You don't need to leave improperly. Just, you know what? Here's my two-week resignation. Thanks for the time. I'm going to go ahead and move on. For 30 days, 60 days, whatever, whatever you, you guys to do. Exactly. You know, but I will say this. Don't leave one job until you've got another. Even if you're unhappy, it doesn't mean that you need to quit today and go home and eat beans from a can. It just means you need to make an exit strategy. Right. Exactly. Now, when we talk about intimate relationships, you know, I really get it. People don't want to be alone, so they hold on to unfulfilling relationships because they think it's better than nothing. Well, I'm, I'm just here to tell you it's time to get out of those bad relationships. Yes. Now, let me be clear. This isn't, um, you know, my wife got fat and I don't want to be married to her anymore. Right. This isn't that. This isn't my husband's balding and I, I kind of like a guy with hair. This isn't that. This is when you're in a totally unfulfilling Relationship. It doesn't meet your needs spiritually, financially, intimately, um, communication-wise, companionship-wise, child-rearing-wise. It just doesn't meet any of your needs. And you guys have exhausted the things that you can do to make a change. And you do not believe staying will be, you know, um, that you can't find any good in that relationship. That is when you move on. Or it's not healthy. Or it's not healthy. Physical abuse. Physical abuse, Um, You know, I have people that come to me often and say, hey, um, they got an STD from their spouse. Wow. And then we talk about what's the exit strategy. Right. Like it's, it's a lot of times, sometimes I would say a quarter of the time, there's just some bottom line issues that happen in relationships that if a, a relationship can't get past those things. Right. And it's different from every relationship, right? Absolutely. Each relationship is different. And that, that uh, the last straw is going to be different for every, every relationship. For everybody. For everybody. So maybe there's somebody out there that can take an STD, but I can't. You know? right. So maybe there's someone that can take affairs and get past them, but other people can't. Right. Maybe there's people that can take physical abuse, but other people can't. Right. But I'm going to tell you that if in a situation where your life is being threatened, that's definitely a time to get out of a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, another red flag is being demeaned a lot in a relationship. Like when you're saying, hey, you know, I'm not happy, and then the, the other person says, where are you going to go? Who's going to take you? Who's going to want a person like you? You know, I do a lot to put up with you, and you would leave me? That's disloyal. Wow. Okay. You know? Because that, really, that person's not valuing you. They're really almost holding, trying to hold you hostage almost in that scenario and mm-hmm. making you feel like you don't have any other options. Guess what? And there's always options to be alone, right? I can, I'm going to be myself. I'd be a complete individual, a whole individual, I'm going to be happy about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's a big difference between knowing when to go, like at the beginning of a relationship we've been dating for six months and I really don't like it, right. or what to do after 20 years and you don't like it, and what to do when you're married versus if you're dating. A lot of times if you're, if you're dating, it, you don't have as much to pull apart that, than you do when you're married. Right. The connections aren't there. There's no, there's no covenant that's been made. There's no 
uh, promises that have been made specifically. So guess what? No, we're realizing no, we're going different ways, or we're not communicating properly. Um, I, you know, I have some key issues that I feel strongly about. You're not willing to negotiate on, or we just disagree on some main things. Let's, let's, let's go different ways. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. some some people know how to part, and some people don't. But the first thing is be realizing that it's over, and knowing when it's over that you need to have an exit strategy. So the first thing I want to read to you is I just I did a, a line search to see online search. What are some of the biggest things that people said are signs that they needed to get a divorce or that that divorce um, was on its way? So there's seven of these signs that I, that I found, and this I found at um, yahooshine.com. So the first one is, this is from a young woman. She wrote, whenever I walked in the door, my husband greeted me by yelling about the phone bill, disorganized cabinets, anything and everything. So that's a really good sign. Now let me say something to you. This isn't just your normal disagreements because every couple has um, disagreements, and disagreements are not always a predictor of divorce. Actually, there's a lot of research that says not having disagreements um, and avoiding conflict. So let me say avoiding conflict, not not having disagreements, but avoiding conflict is one of the biggest predictors of divorce, more so than arguments. But if, if someone, if you're coming home or you're in the atmosphere of your spouse and they pick a fight with you, that's called picking a fight, right? Okay. You find something you don't like about them, like, oh, so you have to wear pants pants today? That's like that had to happen. Right. And, Where did that come from? Right. So why is that coming from? Right. Dude is just walking in the house. Or you see your husband, you go, why didn't you get your hair cut? Mm-hmm. Like, I just okay. can't believe, like, that instant criticism when they walk through the door, that's a sign that couples say they missed. They miss. They, they didn't interpret the criticism, the constant negativeness, as a, a predecessor to a possible divorce. Okay. Okay. Here's another way that people knew that they needed to be um, gone, that it's over. Um, it says that my wife invited my in-laws on every vacation instead of having us spend time alone together. So really don't have a relationship amongst themselves. It's that couple. It's more of the couple plus the in-laws, and now then that's a, that's a relationship. It's not even just the in-laws. I see this a lot when a couple wants to break up but they don't know how to do it. They bring another party along for the ride. They bring somebody else along for the dinner. So you're going to dinner, and then you and your husband are going to dinner, and then you decide, I think I'll invite my best friend to dinner. So I really just don't want to be alone with that person. Right, and we'll all be together. And so at first people think it's okay, but after a while somebody starts to say, well, if you don't want to be with me, just say it. Right, because we're not really in a relationship. We're in a group relationship. I'm part of a group that you like, but you really don't like me enough to be in an individual relationship with me. Correct, because just note to self, even if you have children, once a week you and your spouse need to have some individual time for yourself. Absolutely, because eventually those children are going to leave the house, and you guys need to figure out how you're going to be a couple independently of your children. Well, statistics say your kids may never leave the house. I'll say they'll <laughs> never leave the house. The point is still that no matter who's in your home, you need to figure out a way to get some individual time for yourself. Hopefully the kids are growing up and leaving now. But they say this current generation is staying at home to the average of 30. Well, well maybe so when, when I go to maybe 30, maybe show to help correct that. But okay. well, maybe <laughs> so regardless of what goes on, who stays, how long they stay, maybe you have a kid that, that can't be independent for whatever reason. Right. You still need to figure out how to get some alone time for yourself. Here's another key that you know things are over. Um, this quote says, he always spent money on things without telling me, on tools, electronics. Um, the tipping point was when he brought his mom a car and didn't understand why I felt angry and betrayed when I found out. That's a big surprise. You know, it's a, a large financial investment without having a conversation. So that's definitely a clear, a clear situation. We're not a team, right, because mm-hmm. you're making a huge financial investments 
or expenditures without us communicating and having an agreement upon. Mm-hmm. And it's not just fighting about money, even though that's a, that's one of the biggest reasons people get divorced is financially. Um, it's not just the fighting about money. It's about large purchases being made that, that you're not um, communicating about with the other partner. Yep. Especially when you guys have money coming out of the same, the same kitty, so to speak. The next thing, um, this person says, I started confiding in friends and family about our relationship issues instead of dealing with them directly with my husband. That's a really good one. You know, I constantly see couples who say, my husband won't talk to me, my wife won't talk to me. So I talk about my problems with my friends, my mom, the neighbor, the mailman. You let everybody know what's going on to get feedback but you don't have a relationship with the person at hand that's a part of the situation. And a lot of people say to me, Dr. Noel, what am I supposed to do, not have friends, not talk to people? Absolutely not. You should have friends. You should talk to people. But if you're talking about your personal relationship with everybody, then that, that indicates that you can have that conversation with the person that you're with. Right, because that's the person you really should be talking about with issues with and working about amongst yourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you can't do that, that's a – Fixing that communication is huge. That's 50% of therapy, fixing the communication. Not just how often you communicate, but how you communicate and what you communicate is really central to having a successful relationship. Okay, here's another thing. Um, It says, whenever I gave her a suggestion about a problem she was having at work, about a new restaurant we should try, she would get defensive or brush it off. But when someone else offered the same input, she thought they were so smart and helpful. So really, they're not valuing that person's opinion, mm-hmm. right? They're not valuing their partner's opinion. You know, the biggest issue here is respect, right? Um, when people are getting defensive, the the issue is that you don't you don't respect that other person. You're angry about what they say. You don't you take their input as criticism, you know. And I meet a lot of couples where they say, "Well, he said my dress looked funny, and so it hurt my feelings, and that was criticizing me, and those types of things." But then your sister could come over and say, "Hey, Susie." That dress looks a little funny. You sure you want to wear it? And then you say, thanks, girl. You know, thanks for helping me out. Well, that could be tied to the feelings you have toward that person, right? And so if you're upset about your, towards your partner, upset with them, and they make the comment, you take the anger that you have out for them in general and put it toward the comments that they're, that they're making. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it's, it's, so that gets definitely tied to how you're feeling toward the individual person, right? It also has to do with intent, right? Like a lot of times we can misread intent purposefully. We, we're so angry that anything somebody says that we don't like, we, we must think it as criticism. Absolutely. If you have an argument with someone or has some hurt feelings and, you know, you've been going through some little stress in a relationship, they make a, a comment, and, oh, you think it's criticism. No, I just need to tell you this piece of information. I'm trying to help you. No, 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 you're trying to talk bad about me. And just, it's just misconstrued just based on the, the uh, frustration that's currently going on in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Here's another topic. We started going to bed at different times to avoid having sex. That's a really big one. This whole idea of because you snore, you'll sleep downstairs and I'll sleep upstairs, or because I can't sleep with the TV on and you have to have the TV on, you can sleep in the guest room and I'll sleep in the loft. All these, so here's the deal. Married couples sleep in the same bed. Right. We're not, we're not roommates, you're married, right? Right. I mean, so right. you're just turning it from a... We're intimate, or we're married, we're sharing the same bed, we're, you know, one flesh versus, you know what, we're actually roommates. Right. You sleep in your room, I sleep in my room, you know, we have some uh, shared dining experiences together, you're like your college roommate. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Separate rooms, separate lives. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we come together to eat and maybe talk about a couple of different things. But we share a, we share the garage and a common living here. Right. It's like you, I notice a lot of couples when they're thinking about being separated and one person knows it and the other one doesn't, they start talking about the common living area. Dr. Noel, you know, she came into the common, the common living area and left her this or left her that. And I go, when you say common living area, what do you mean? Isn't everything that you and your wife have together common space? Right. Well, I'm talking about the living room. Why did she come in the living room when she knew I was going to be there? I mean, those kinds of discussions usually end with someone saying that they don't want to be there. Because they're already starting to piecemeal off. This is your area. This is my area. Let's start, you know, let's start separating is really what's happening. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I had an article here, Dr. Wall, from this is professionalcounseling.com, and they talk about a couple of different signs that a relationship is, is ending, well, going down the pan, as they call it. Okay, you start. You're not talking about personal stuff. Okay, you're almost you're getting those separatized. You're not having those personal confirmation, sharing personal information with your partner. It's just very superficial. Whether you're not getting into any deep, how you, how's it going at work? Some of your goals, what's going on? If your goals, what things are you changing? Emotionally, how you're feeling emotionally? You're not talking about those personal things. But let me let me add to that. But you talk about it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're sharing with somebody, but you're not sharing with that person who ideally you should be able to share with. Right. So your friends, your coworkers know that you're looking for another job. Your sister knows that you're going to buy a car. Your mom knows that you're thinking about taking a vacation. The children know that you're going to do hot yoga. The neighbor knows that you're having the, the lawnmower guy come over, and your spouse doesn't know anything about any of it. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Because according to that, all the people you mentioned are closer to the person than the individual partner. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised at how this happens. And let me say this. A lot of it may not be purposeful. Sometimes we're breaking away from someone emotionally, and you don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to tell him anything. At least it doesn't start off like that. Okay. But then it begins to be such a pattern that you have two completely separate lives going on. That happens a lot with couples that travel. That happens a lot when uh, there's a separate work schedule, like somebody works days and somebody works evenings, so they're past are not crossing as much as they should, and they don't have that connection time. And that's why you heard me say that at least once a week you need to be spending some alone time with your spouse. I mean, even if that means you carpool once a week, so in the mornings you can have a conversation. You all need to be getting some time together. And there's several different ways to try and figure that out. Everybody's busy, everybody's got a lot of stuff on the plate, but trying to work that into the schedule, really focus on that and make sure that you put a priority on that joint time together. Absolutely. Okay. The next one, a lot of complaining you're complaining about the same things over and over again. So constantly talking about the same issues over and over again, and it never seems to come to any kind of resolution because no one's really working on solutions. Just constantly complaining about the same things over and over again. Okay? Um, the next one, you can't come to an understanding or agreement about important issues, especially, again, when you're dating, right? You have some key values in your life. You know, I want to have children. That person doesn't want to have children. I want to move to the South. I definitely don't want to move to the South. You know, you got some stuff that we can't come to common grief on, and many times, you know what, we're going to need to separate. It's time mm-hmm. to end that relationship. And let me say this about dating. There are so many cues that people miss while they're dating that they don't take seriously. You know, like I'll hear people say, before we got married, he could be angry. Yeah, he did punch a hole in the wall, but I didn't think that he would hit me. Mm. That was a big miss on that sign right there. Or I hear, well, he always had, you know, two cell phones. One was for work and one was for personal and, I mean, he used to text girls all the time, but I thought that would stop as soon as we got married. <laughs> or his mom has always been his best friend, and I, did, I didn't think that, I mean, because she was so nice to me before we got married, it never occurred to me that after we got married that he would still be uh, still telling secrets to her and not to me. 
just big signs that you missed. Um, you know, he didn't have employment then because he said he couldn't find a job that gave him what he needed. But now that we're married, I thought he would get a job and change things. I mean, big signs that people miss. That I'm all of a sudden this person is going to change who they are. Even though they've shown me who they are, they've shown me their character, they've shown me what they're about, but I'm expecting them to change once we say I do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. And it doesn't mean, just because you find out something that you don't like about someone doesn't necessarily mean that you have to break up. But play it over in your head. If, if a person likes to, if you think that Bobby drinks too much and he gets drunk every Friday and Saturday night, what do you think will happen when you get married? Play that out. Job is harder. Life is harder. He's a little older. Do you honestly think that that's going to be doing a lot of changing or is it going to be doing a lot of increasing? Good point. Mm-hmm. So normally it's not going to change. You know, another thing that people don't think about is, oh, I met my husband at work. He was playing with me and a couple other girls, but I didn't think that after we got together that he would keep that up. But he already told you he's a flirter. He flirts with a lot of people. Guess mm-hmm. what? He tends to continue to doing that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. these are just signs that people really, really miss. And then, you know, once you're in, here's another thing that I see, emotional abuse, blackmail. Um, while we were dating, I hear people say, he or she threatened suicide if we broke up. Wow. Okay. I, I hear a lot of that. And I'm telling you guys, run for your life. You don't stay in a situation where somebody says to you, if you don't do what I want, I'm going to kill myself. Right. It's gonna, guess what? That's going to continue. I want, they're going to threaten to do that for all the different things. If you don't uh, show up to this appointment that I need you to come to, uh-huh. if you don't um, put on wear this dress that I really want you to wear, or whatever the case may be. So, I guess what I'm saying is notice the emotional blackmail that gets used before you marry somebody. Excuse me, so you'll know if you need to stay long-term with them. Another mistake that people make is they get sexually intimate before they know each other. You don't even know another person. You're having sex. Well, then now you can't even see the personality because all you're thinking about is the next time we're going to be laying down. It throws the emotion, throws the, the thought process off because it's with the extra emotion of, of having that sexual uh, intimacy in there. It really throws off the judgment. Absolutely. Hard to think clearly on that point. Okay. A lot of times if you're dealing with someone, next one is if you find yourself, you're acting out of character. You're not being yourself when you're around this person. This person's bringing out the worst in you. You know what? Hey, this is not me. I'm not, I feel like I'm going down the wrong direction here. I need, we need, we need to come back. I need to go, we need to separate. Because this is, you're bringing out someone who I don't want to be. Okay. So things are just things. Now, this is different than I don't want to be with her because she wants me to pay my share of the bills every month. Right. That's that's not um, that's not being unfulfilled. Let's say you're, you're dating somebody, you're never a drinker, or you're okay with a drink every once in a while, but now this drinks every single night, and multiple drinks. Like, whoa, I'm not I'm not I'm not into that. That's not my thing. Okay, I'm fine with some drink every once in a while, but you know, I'm not into just getting drunk every single weekend. I'm not, so you know what? I didn't know that you were about that, but it seems like you are. We're gonna need to go some separate directions. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is, again, things to think about and to keep a pulse on you. Am I headed in the direction that I really want out of my life? Okay? A couple other ones there we have some comments on. This is from a different article in the Sun-Times, Science Relationship is Clearly Over, okay? And a couple, a couple things they mentioned is when I pull into the garage and the car isn't there and I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. When you come home and your partner's not there, you feel relieved. Right. You know, that may be a reason. Guess what? Things are going down the wrong direction or maybe time to, to cut bait. Okay, especially if you're just dating or you're living together or something like that in that scenario. But let me say this. When you're married, I do believe that you have to put some effort into it. So I'm not saying that if these things are going on, just walk away from your marriage. I want to be clear that what we're telling you to do 
our suggestions. Um, but before they get to this point, for me, I mean, I think it's really helpful when couples seek out some treatment, seek out some therapy, get some coaching. So I'm not just saying that one day you're happy your husband isn't home because you want to sneak in shoes. It's not that, doesn't mean that you don't, you're not happy to be with him. Right. Right. <laughs> the other one is uh, the person talks about when she took her clothes to the cleaner, she never asked me if I had anything to go also. Mm-hmm. Okay? She's like, wait a minute, what about me? You had to take your big loads, you're making plans and to go to the dry cleaners. You didn't even check on me if I needed anything. Okay? The next one, she started talking nicely about her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Previously, they were always upset, and all of a sudden, there's a change. Some more uh, talking nice about the person. Oh, that person wasn't that bad. Oh, I think I may hook up with them every once Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Hold up. Something to kind of watch out for. Okay? This one over here, when they came home, the keys and the locks were changed. Mm-hmm. The locks were changed. The keys didn't work. That maybe your side relationship is over. Mm-hmm. Okay? When you start, uh, this one about stop faking it, and he didn't notice. So talking about an sexual relationship, the person started stop stop faking it. The person didn't even take notice of that. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's a big one. I mean, I think that's a real big one because a lot of times, in the beginning of a relationship, people are, are responsive to each other's intimacy, what they do. You know, oh, you're breathing heavier. Like, people know what's going on. But if at the, at, you know, midway through your relationship, you don't even know if she's awake or not. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. And the same, same uh, line along with that, when I finally told him what I liked during sex, he, he still did not do it. Mm-hmm. So the person is being commun- open up in communication, letting their partner know what they like sexually, and that partner is not making any kind of adjustments. Mm-hmm. Hey, this person is not really tied into my needs at all. So that could, that could be a concern. Okay? The next one, a lot, of the, a lot of women talk about here. When he watched me move a dresser by myself and didn't budge to help, I was five months pregnant. That may be a problem. Okay? Mom's in there pregnant trying to move a heavy dresser, and the husband didn't even lift a hand to try to help her. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, when she started wearing flannel pajamas to bed, Oh, like she's not sexy anymore? Not sexy. We're not concerned about this. Okay. And that can happen to couples over time, right? When you start out, the image is important, try to put your best foot forward. But as you go along, it's like, you know what? That person is going to be there. It doesn't make a difference. I have to really keep my best foot forward for them. Right. That's something to watch out for when we have couples as they go along. When I heard a message on the answer machine uh, asking the man, have you told him yet? Mm -hmm. That's lofty. You know, but let me say this. A lot of times when I have a lot of clients that um, whose spouses have affairs or, or they're having an affair or whatever, and when, I mean, it's, it's a disrespectful act in and of itself, but then it can get more and more disrespectful, almost like the person wants to be caught so that somebody will call it off. Right. You know? Because, right. like, you know, I've known people that, um, you know, you're out or you're doing something, you go from lunch to go, you go from work to have lunch, and then you see your spouse out with someone else, and he's like, oh, no big deal, why do you have an attitude about it? And this happens countless times. So a lot of these, though, are, are tips for people to look at that relationships change over time, and they should change over time. Right. But you should also be having discussions about your expectations, what you want, what your partner wants. Are you being fulfilled? What are the goals that you have going on? What are you spending time together? What's going on? Like, do you ever just look into your partner's eyes and say, hey, you know, I'm just amazed by you as a human being, and I appreciate being able to be with you. I mean, the things that people do... When they're dating, they have to carry out throughout the relationship. But also, some people didn't date very well. I mean, sometimes people are getting abused. I mean, in high school, I have high school girls telling me they're getting beat up by boyfriends, and they're like in 10th and 11th grade. So in some, high school, yeah. Yeah. This is over. Right. Immediately over. 
Right. You don't need to have no discussion of what's going on. No, it's over. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I think that people should do in their relationships is be aware when there's a problem. Know what's going on and be willing to end the situation that's unhealthy for you. And sometimes, again, like you mentioned, it could be hard to do because people say, you know what, I want to put up with this versus having nothing at all. And then some people say for, for very practical reasons, you can't pay the rent without him or her. Very practical. The house is going into, you know, everybody's got a bankruptcy, so who's going to have the credit to get another place? Right. Um, the kids, you know, the kids will have a connection fit if you all separate because you don't want to do that to the children. Right. I mean, there's thousands of reasons that people stay together um, to, to keep that facade up, but a lot of times um, people can make these decisions earlier. Um, you don't have to stay around and torture another person for, like, 15 years. You don't want to be with them, but you don't want them to be with anybody else. You want to have relations with whoever you want to, but they have to be devout to you. I mean, sometimes it's just not healthy to stay somewhere in a long time. And that's what you have to do analysis of yourself and say, you know what, it's time for me to go. This is not, we're not working out. It's better for me. It's healthier for me to go ahead and move on for us to separate and go ahead and start the class. Absolutely. you have more topics? Yeah, a couple of one that's real quick is when your partner starts to stonewall, so if you have a disagreement, they close down all lines of communication. Absolutely. Okay. Not responding to text messages. No. Ignoring you when you're in the house. Turn up the music so loud that you can't hear them. Only talking to other people on the phone, you know, when you're around. Right. Also, when, person, when someone keeps making promises to you, but they never keep them. I'm going to change this. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to do this for you, but they don't, don't keep their promises. Okay. And maybe time to start separating here. Okay. Absolutely. Those are a couple of things we wanted to point out for you to look at and say, you know what, just face it, the relationship is over. Do not go into spring with an old, dusty relationship that's harmful and unhealthy for you and toxic. You have the right to either restore your relationship to the brilliance that it once had or have a conversation about what an exit plan would be. Fantastic. All right, guys, thank you for your time. Talk to you soon. Great week. Bye-bye.